Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. I am your host, Colby Marie. Happy Friday, you delightful Dales, you perfect Pollys, you sensuous Stephanies. How are you all getting on today? I hope today finds you exactly how you need to be, exactly where you need to be. Uh, Today I am recording from Cheeseman Park in Denver, Colorado. You may notice some of the ambient sounds around. Um, I'm sitting under a really lovely tree. uh, Some of the branches have started to grow down, chasing the light uh, from behind the shade of another tree. Made a little bit of a, kind of a little fort. Seems to be a nice place to to sleep if you were temporarily without housing. I could also see it being a wonderful fort for a child and hopefully a nice place to record today's podcast. I uh, wanted to sit down and have a little chat. I think the theme for me this week and really the past months, years, lifetimes, who knows, is uh, surrender, and I've been kind of coming up against that a lot. It's been quite emotional week for me personally, and I think in the world there's been some heavy news in Texas about the abortion ban and some of the adjacent legislation, <clears throat> and I think that's it's got a lot of people worried. Uh, the Delta variant seems to be taking off. Hospitalizations are back up to high numbers. Um, deaths, incubations, intubations. So all that's going on in in the country and America. And then there's you know wildfires and flooding. So it's been a bit of bit of a heavy week if you've tuned into the news or social media there's a lot out there uh, keeping us I don't know keeping me worried keeping me concerned and then I know in my personal life there's been a lot of a lot of flux change and letting go a lot of a lot of revelations about misperceptions that I had about myself, about the world, about other people. Uh, Some of them self-created, some of them propped up by 
other people's identities or egos the way that we do. Um, it's a process for all of us of getting closer and closer to the truth of who we are, what we are. Um, and so it's been, it's been a bit, I would just say it's been a bit heavy. And I think for me, this theme of surrender has really come up and kind of came to a head. Um, I'm currently in between living situations. I left the house in South Denver because I was finding it challenging to live with a couple of my roommates um, who were friends, which is always, it's a challenging thing and we have, uh, you know, we have lots of, you know, little sayings around that, like, oh, you can't live with everybody. It's tough to have roommates and it kind of, I think for anybody who's been through the experience of living with friends or a partner and having that become untenable, it kind of doesn't quite shed a light to the challenges and discomforts, um, sadnesses um, of what happens when you know we're we're in contact with somebody daily. And I am by no means perfect. Um, trying to get better every day. But so I've left that house and said goodbye to my garden. <clears throat> Had a nice little sunset sit outside with my uh, vegetables and sunflowers and kind of grieved a good bit of that, that, uh, that dream passing, you know, that dream of communal living, of sharing space and gardens, um, living with people who are doing work on themselves, uh, shared ideals, um, and really a bit of sadness around, you know, a continual search for family, community, I think here in the West that's an ongoing challenge, especially for white people, you know, how do we find community, how do we build community, and so there was a lot of, a lot of heaviness and grief around that transition, and so I'm currently, uh, recording from Cheeseman Park. I tried to record from three different parks yesterday and it just didn't work out. There were mowers and then a volleyball game and then some construction. So at any point today may get a little bit of ambient sound, uh, some dogs barking, some children playing at the playground, but I hope that I've found a quiet spot to sit and record this podcast because it's important to me to be consistent with my commitment to get one of these out a week <clears throat> and yeah so surrender so yeah yesterday <laughs> to sur surrender pretty hard to the fact that I wasn't going to be able to get a podcast recorded. Uh, I, I try to stick to the schedule of recording on Thursday and editing on Friday. Gives me a little bit of space between recording and then listening to it again. Um, but today, that this week, that wasn't available due to it's you know it's hard to it's hard to live while you're couch surfing. It's hard to have a routine consistency. So 
kind of surrendered to the idea of recording in the park today, so that's a bit of what's been going on for me. I think really I was <clears throat> I was hoping to get into this place to live uh, by the first. You know, I needed to be out of my place on the 31st and I'd been calling and you know, you know all these all these things that have been up for me. You know, my brain is working double time to try to solve them. You know, how do I resolve conflict with my roommates? You know, how do I speak skillfully? How do I listen? How do I use the tools that I've learned in therapy to try to reduce stress? To try to connect try to collaboratively problem solve um, and you know the brain is a wonderful tool I have a lot of tools that I didn't have when I was younger like uh, nonviolent communication active listening um, I think I've increased my ability for empathy uh, while simultaneously working on my boundaries and making requests and stating my needs and you know that's a it's a, it's a tricky dance, you know, in any relationship, a romantic partnership, or with roommates, or with family, but if if you're in therapy or working on any of those things, I think you probably kind of know what I mean. You know, there's, there's this way in which I think my mind, and lots of minds like to think they get a new modality or a new way of relating, and that's going to solve all your problems, and there won't be any trials or tribulations, and, you know, wherever you are in that process, I... You know, you can have learned something new and it's really clicking and all your relationships are going better and then maybe you see some of the loopholes in that process or it starts to reveal inconsistencies or patterns with people in your life who aren't able to meet you where you are. Um, you know, stating requests, you know, always leaves the possibility for a no and sometimes no's are hard especially if it, it takes you a lot of work to make a request hearing a no or having somebody who doesn't have the resources or availability to meet your request or your needs can be challenging um, and exploring boundaries with people is really hard you know boundaries move over time and you know emotional boundaries physical boundaries um, some of them are more clear than others. Some of them are pretty gray and it takes a high level of emotional and social intelligence to work through those. It takes two people who are willing. Um, it takes time and resources, you know, and we're all working. We all have our lives. We all have our histories and our families and sometimes that's not available. And so you know, I worked really hard internally to make that living situation work, and it just didn't. It didn't work out. Um, and not to overshare, but, you know, with one of the people I found that I didn't think that that work was possible with them. And with another person I found that uh, 
there was a lack of vulnerability that uh, would allow me to feel safe or connect and that was you know really sad and heartbreaking and frustrating and so I was really looking forward all that to say I was you know it was a big decision for me to tell these people that I needed to leave it was really scary it was received really well you know there wasn't like a fight people were really supportive um, honestly I think there was a breath of fresh air for everybody because you know some some roommate situations just you know if they're it's it's like a it's like a new age healthy power struggle paradigm where people are all using the right language people are really trying to get their needs met and I was you know part of that I, I had needs and I wanted to have equal space in the house I wanted to feel like it was my house and we just had differing opinions on what that looked like and that's that's fine it's also challenging and heartbreaking so it took it took me a while to get the strength to make that decision you know I've spoken with my therapist quite a bit um, and I was really hoping to get in I, I was very lucky to find a place that hadn't gone on the market I was hoping it was going to be ready by the first I was you know doing everything in my power to try to make sure that happened you know I was checking in I was calling you know trying to make moves to make sure that deadline would be met so that I wouldn't be in flux um, so I'd avoid the situation I'm in today but <laughs> you know here we are and here I am and you know for all of for all of my right action inside of that transition for all of the things I did to try to create safety and security for myself, to try to get my needs met. Um, I found out, you know, once again, this lesson of surrender came back to me, and I feel like surrender happens thousands and thousands of times for lifetimes until you're able to surrender to the moment. And I've had the taste of that, and it tastes really good. Um, I don't don't live there. I I fight the moment from time to time, and I uh, try to, you know, we do our best inside of being with what is. You know, we're also autonomous creatures who take action, who have choice or the illusion of choice. You know, there's those MRI studies that have showed that. When we're shown two pictures, we've actually made the decision neurologically before we're conscious of having made that decision. You can look into its uh, MRI choice studies or the illusion of choice. I think uh, Sam Harris talks about it a bit. He's kind of the most uh, prominent neurologist. I have a lot of qualms with Sam Harris, but he is a brilliant, <clears throat> brilliant person and writes quite well about that. Um, and so inside of all of these choices and all of this action, sometimes things don't work out. And so I was, I was working this extra gig to try to get some money to be able to afford this place. You know, I'm still teaching, still an assistant to an author, still working on the podcast. Picked up another job, and I was over there working and trying to hustle that while packing and, 
you know, calling this place and uh, finally got a hold of them after weeks. It was like, hey, you know, I, I put a, a, a deposit down and the leasing agent just told me that it wasn't going to be ready by the first. They hadn't gotten in there and they needed to redo the hardwood floors and fix things and maintenance and she's like, yeah, there's no way we're going to have this done in five days. And you know, that day was particularly challenging for me, you know, as having... Oops, somebody's dog has decided to make a, make a dash for freedom. Oh, no, he's coming back. Really beautiful pit bull puppy. <laughs> um, it's really the nice thing, one of the nice things about dogs, besides the unconditional love, is just them kind of living in what is and being able to watch like as a dog owner or a pet parent being able to watch them just kind of continuously be in the moment um anyhow that dog was definitely in the moment and having a really great little trot around the yard um so I was having kind of a particularly challenging day um you know on top of those other things I've been going through some challenging times with my partner that had been weighing heavy on my heart and you know I was really looking forward to having a house that felt like home and a place that I could go and kind of put my feet down get regrounded kind of uh yeah kind of reappraise things like not you know it's hard to take stock or inventory in the middle of a storm and I feel like that's what I've been doing for months and I was really really looking forward to moving into this place and being able to get the time and space to to rest and uh, reassess these relationships outside of the inner state of turmoil I felt kind of make some decisions about my career and my life a lot of big stuff, really. And as she said, she's like, oh, there's there's no way. I called and I was like, hey, you know, just checking to see about the place, you know. It's the 25th or whatever. And she was like, oh, there's no way this place is going to be ready by the 1st. It's just absolutely not going to happen. And uh, she was really sweet and apologetic. And I was in no way, shape, or form frustrated with her. Um, you know, it's a busy season in Denver for moving and I just said you know let, well let me know um, and I remember you know being in this kind of particularly heavy place that day um, and there was something about finding out that I just like it just was out of my control you know I really want the place it's this beautiful fourth story uh, top floor apartment with a nice eastern view lots of light be great for my plants got a cute little kitchen it'll be the biggest place I've ever lived in by myself it's pretty affordable I can have my dog there Lily can come and uh, <clears throat> I just remember sitting down after I got off the phone 
and it kind of felt like an empty cry like you know when you cry it's like really full like your heart and your chest and your throat is like thick with like the energy of, of sadness or fear or overwhelm but like this is kind of like the opposite feeling and like crying is like that energy moving out and this was kind of like this peace and this space filling up that that part of my body and I just sat down and there was a pretty big fire uh, I was sleeping in the basement a friend had to like run in and get me before the firefighters came and I remember coming out of the house and you know it was being completely disoriented you know where are the dogs oh my god is everybody out and the fire trucks and the house is on fire and I remember getting across the street to where my roommates were and like we hugged and we're like holy shit holy shit and then you know, everyone's having very intense emotional reactions to this tragedy and I remember sitting on the curb and just looking at the house and having this feeling like oh there's absolutely nothing I can do like this is the only thing I can do is sit down and watch my things burn and watch what this fire is doing and watch the firefighters and I had that feeling when I found out that my place wasn't going to be ready this ongoing struggle I'd felt internally to find the right way to think about things or to find the right way to say something or find the right strategy of communication or the the right action or the right move or all of the endless ways that my brain will try to set itself up set me up for safety and security which is a beautiful thing you know there's something really beautiful and true about humans being animals and doing that in our way um, but it can get out of balance and it, I, I, I didn't think it was that far out of balance for me that I would have this memory of the house burning down that things had been going on for so long and I'd been trying to strategize and come up with a plan and control things really um, that were just out of my control because I was experiencing emotional or social or environmental discomfort and I just sat there after I got off the phone with the leasing agent and I just knew that it was going to be what it was going to be and <laughs> like immediately kind of felt better you know maybe there was like a there's a specific brain cocktail neurological cocktail that happens when we surrender um but I remember feeling in a really grounded way that you know this isn't over you know after the house burned down there were months and months of discomfort and couch surfing and uncertainty um 
but things were sorting themselves out and all I could do was kind of show up and try my best and try to make plans, try to make choices. Some of them I made out of fear, some of them I made soundly. Um, and I'll probably go through that process again, you know. I've, I've been staying on the couch for three days now, four days, and you know, that's been challenging, not being in a routine. Um, things haven't been settled, but that notion of surrender keeps coming back, and I think that maybe in the West we have this, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, this capitalistic, patriarchal, imperial, colonizing idea that surrender is equal to defeat, and I think they're, they're two very different things. You know, I think surrender is... Uh, the wisdom of knowing when you've been checkmated. It's the wisdom of knowing when the universe is moving things in your best direction and maybe you don't totally see that yet because the picture is so big, the scope of your life is so large that you can't know. Um, but I was thinking about it this morning and I think defeat is much more akin to like rock bottom. I think surrender happens before we hit some horrific low and I think defeat is when we've held on you know to the tail of a flaming horse for too long and then we wind up feeling defeated and I think inside of surrender it feels like there are endless options um Feeling defeated feels like there's only one or fewer options. And so I think that in this country, like, it's important to make the distinction between the two of those. I know it is for me, you know. I feel, I feel a plethora of options after having surrendered, even if they're all challenging, <laughs> you know, to... Having challenging decisions or times to go through is different than being defeated or not having choices. Um, not having your first choice doesn't mean you don't have choices. Um, yeah, and this morning when I was getting ready, I was reading some Hafez, and there's this really beautiful poem by the Sufi poet. It's called Tripping Over Joy. What is the difference between your experience of existence and that of a saint? The saint knows that the spiritual path is a sublime chess game with God, and that the beloved has just made such a fantastic move. The saint is now continually tripping over joy and bursting out in laughter and saying, I surrender! Whereas, my dear, I am afraid you still think you have a thousand serious moves. I've heard that poem quite a few times, and <laughs> at different points I've identified with the saint, at different points I'm the one being spoken to, and I know that today, you know, 
and maybe for the rest of this lifetime I'll be in a relationship with that with you know moments of surrender um, and moments of still thinking I have a, a thousand serious moves you know I can surrender in one aspect of my life and have my brain jump on to another one to try to control things and I know I'm going through that right now you know and uh, my romantic partnership you know trying to figure out the right moves to make things work to uh, heal and stay connected and um, I did that yesterday with with the podcast you know I, I thought I had a thousand moves and really um, you know another beautiful surrender happened is kind of once I had given up trying to record the podcast um, I just burst into tears and I cried for about two hours and it felt like they were tears that I needed to cry for months and months and months but because I was in survival mode I wasn't able to access that feeling and you know yesterday I was checkmated really heartbroken. I felt a lot of despair that I couldn't get this one thing done. Um, and I know that's that's internally created, but it's also a commitment, a promise I made to myself, and I don't like breaking those. It's a commitment I've made to other people. And I was utterly shattered and heartbroken. I felt like a frayed nerve. And I was able to just, you know, go draw a bath and sit in the bathtub and let the water hold me because I couldn't. And that surrender, you know, has created more space today. And I've been guilty of. overestimating my progress and my healing journey or my spiritual path you know numerous times I've had veils pulled down and I think this season of surrender for me has been another lesson in humility and I think it takes a lot of wisdom to surrender and I think that it I think that becoming humble is an ongoing process. It's something that, um, you know, it's like you never know how crafty your mind is <laughs> and how many places it's going to, you know, act like it gave up control in one area only to take more control over another. And, you know, through meditation, contemplation, journaling, therapy, kind of continue to get to know your mind and see the places that it's hanging on and continue to get these opportunities to surrender and uh, maybe one day I'll be like Hafez or the saint and you know jump with ecstatic joy and say I surrender in other areas you know I won't and I think that's okay like 
for any of us, anybody listening, you know, you hold on to the things you hold on to for as long as you need to. And you're not ready to let go of the things you're not ready to let go of until you are. And I know there are things that I'm not ready to let go of. I know there are areas that I can let go. And (laughs) kind of doing that dance over and over a thousand times, you know, is, is the dance of whatever you want to call it, reaching human sanity, becoming enlightened, knowing the truth of what is, becoming a saint, what, however you frame that path, you know. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of your life's work if you step out of the, uh, the rat race, if you step out of, um, intense pleasure-seeking or uh, material possession procurement. Um, You're kind of constantly in this relationship of uh, getting to know yourself. (laughs) Um, I'd have to say that today I feel closer. Uh, I feel less fear. I feel the need for rest and you know like after any battle I I imagine after any surrender the surrendering army would need to regroup and you know being both the surrendering army and the invading army it's like really on me to be a gracious, uh, to be gracious to the parts of me that are surrendered and to uh, give myself the time to rest and incorporate or integrate the lessons I've learned and the acceptance that I've gained through another, another, uh, another learning lesson or you know however you want to frame that um yeah and so today sitting in the park under this tree you know watching all these other people be people walking around walking their dogs squirrels being all squirrely shit um I pray that if uh you find yourself in that place that surrender comes to you quickly and easily and that uh in the places that uh you're struggling to let go but like you know be okay with not letting go you know if there's something you're not ready to let go of um idea a relationship you know maybe you're just not ready yet and be okay with that because uh, it's all just a big journey 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 um big process of self-discovery uh in that poem by Hafez one of my teachers uh you know said 
the only path we're on is the spiritual path because we all have a spirit and that that's really the only game in town and so whether you consider yourself spiritual or not you know however that lands for you uh, being checkmated by whoever God the goddess the universe Jesus Allah however you frame that or whatever your relationship with the divine is I pray that uh we can all find find peace in those moments of turmoil leading up to it and not beat ourselves up too much when we can't surrender or not ready to yet because uh, my will and the will of the universe are very different things if there's one thing I've learned in 45 years it's my will and what the universe has in store for me are oftentimes quite different and trying to live in alignment with my purpose and my path is an ongoing process of self-discovery and revelation rebirth living dying concealment you know all of those wonderful five acts of uh, Lord Shiva and so on this really beautiful Friday morning I I wish you well and I'm going to leave you with that poem one more time because it's just so fucking beautiful tripping over joy what is the difference between your experience of existence and that of a saint the saint knows that the spiritual path is a sublime chess game with God and that the beloved has just made such a fantastic move and the saint is now continually tripping over joy and bursting out in laughter and saying, I surrender. Whereas, my dear, I'm afraid you still think you have a thousand serious moves. So to all of you beautiful beings, take care of yourselves, take care of one another. Oh yeah, this is a uh, listener-supported podcast, so please head over to Patreon, www.patreon forward slash turning of the bones. Uh, donate what you can. Helps keep me going. Uh, helps me, yeah, have a little extra cash every month. Uh, share it with a friend. It's really important to share these smaller podcasts right now because big business is getting into podcasts and like anything it pushes out smaller businesses we've all seen that with all of these mega corporations uh like the waltons and uh amazon so keep supporting the little little creators content creators the people out here putting their hearts into these things it's not me support somebody else uh head over to the website give it a look shoot me a message Take care of yourselves. I hope you have a beautiful day. Be well. Turning of the bones. Bye now.